0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 483. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today, I have a special co-host, Tony Foster. Today's Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. Uh, Tony, welcome back.
1: Thanks. Good to be back.
0: I know. It is. It is. And it's July 3rd. We're getting ready for the July 4th it is. weekend. It's going to be exciting. We'll probably talk some barbecue at the end of the show, so it's going to be a good weekend for barbecue. Always always good to be there. The weather is beautiful in here in northern California. Tony, I know you've been online looking at the color of the bay. Why don't you give us a color of the bay
1: report? Yeah, the color of the bay, uh watching these webcams, I'm going to say it's a slate blue with a uh, beautiful flecks of white from the uh, white caps uh, out on the bay today. Absolutely beautiful
0: it is a it is a beautiful sunny day today perfect weather mid 70s couldn't ask for better weather going into the weekend finally in northern California we've had all kind of between fires last year and rain this year we we're finally settling into a nice groove on the show today we're going to be talking about VMware's SD-WAN by Vila cloud uh, in the podcast room today we have Rohan Nagy uh, technical marketing manager uh, so and author of the SD-WAN the networking blueprint for modern businesses book. so we'll We'll get to SD Wan and uh, thank you for being here. And then also we have uh, Romana. Yeah, Shania. I don't know. You'll tell us the right wh- wh- last name. Uh, Senior technical marketing manager, also here to talk about SD WAN. So, um, Ramana, is that right? Why don't you tell us your real name, and then we'll get to the news.
2: Sure. Thank you so much for having me here. My name is Ramna Chennai.
0: Ramna Shani. Great. All right. Well, Ramna, we'll get to you guys. Uh, we'll be talking about again uh, SD WAN by VeloCloud here at. Uh, Vmware so that should be good but before we do that as always we'll do a little bit about the the news uh what's happening with Vmworld a little bit of the experts and then we'll just get to the topic so uh news uh, the only thing we can do is shout out the the fourth and then shout out the number of downloads we had last year we did last week we did vmc on AWS uh which seems to be a very popular topic now we're we're seeing our average downloads being three to four thousand a week. Wow. This this VMC. When we talk VMC, it jumps up to five to six thousand. So interesting to see uh, your interest in the topic of VMC on AWS seems to be a popular one. Maybe that means that a lot of you guys are considering moving certain workloads onto VMC. Uh, don't know what that means, but we are passing that number up to up to upper management just to say hey, when we're running podcasts, we see the numbers swell by a couple thousand a week extra when we're talking about. VMC. So uh, good to see that. Thanks for all the downloads and listening. And uh, we we will definitely pay attention to that number and uh, know that there's something going on there. All right. That's it for some of the some of the local news. Uh, VMware key dates as always. Content catalog is getting ready to open up on 0618 or it is open up. Sorry. Schedule builder. Uh, is coming on 0716. So uh, we're coming up to Schedule Builder, and as you, you all know, the sessions get booked pretty quickly. So you want to know that 0716 is the date that Schedule Builder is opening up. Um, so be aware of that. Uh, early bird registration ends on 0726 for Europe. So you still can capture your Europe Reg uh, by Early Bird. Early bird registration for US is already closed. Um, And then the conference dates themselves, obviously, uh, 0825 for VMworld US and uh, 1104 for Europe. So looking forward to it. We're doing a lot of planning, a lot of things happening. We're scheduling the podcast, uh, the, the, the hackathon. The hackathon is going to go on. It uh, should be a lot of fun. We have over 60 VMware, VMware code sessions that are happening. Um, so it, we will be there. The V brown bag will be there. Uh, I think Alistair still has some slots open. If you want to do a, a show uh, or want to do a, a 20 minute talk, uh, reach out to vbrownbag.org. See if you can make that happen. Uh, a lot of excitement go reg I will I guarantee you you will not be disappointed with all of the stuff around kubernetes uh, Velo cloud modern networks I mean it isn't just your old VMware anymore with vSphere Uh, this is something that I think this show of all the shows I've been to this show is a transition show for IT practitioners in their careers because if you look at the tech and you look at where we're leading in some of these tech areas VMware has done acquisitions that have leading technologies in kind of the places that data centers are going to have to get to and data center operators are going to have to get to. So definitely um, you know, make it to VMworld if you can. Uh, look for ways to get there. We're a big part of the community. A lot of people are going to be there. A lot of new tech to learn. So definitely make it there. And with that, I think that's it for the the summary of the news. We can get to the, the cool topic today, which is VMware SD-WAN by VeloCloud. So Rohan, uh, welcome to the show as always. Uh, we'll take both of you why don't you do a a few minutes each on where are you from what's your 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 history of in the tech arena how long have you been in there tell us a little about your career and then how you ended up at vmware
3: okay thank you for uh inviting us on the show Uh, i really like when there is an event topic uh, and and you were right Uh, i think vmware is everywhere right starting from the data center and now expanding uh, their businesses to the branch using the SD-WAN. That's where the connectivity is from the branch to the data center. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I uh, see it. I see it
0: happening for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So let me come back to my introduction. Hello, I'm uh, Rohan Nagy. I'm from the VeloCloud business unit. I came to the uh, acquisition from VeloCloud uh, to VMware. Um, I've been in in the industry for, I think, more than 15 years, currently working on the hottest uh, technology, SD-WAN. It seems like hottest, the greatest, and uh, when it needs to be implemented uh, by any of the enterprise customer, it should not be also uh, complex at the same time. So that's where the core differentiation comes with the VeloCloud SD-WAN, is the simplicity which is built in from day one. Right. I'm also an author for the sd Van. Why don't you pass me the book and yeah, I can and show it, show it to on the camera. Yeah. That's your yeah. uh, copy. Oh, thank you. Um, nice. So uh, the first of its kind sd Van book in the market. Uh, right. uh, thanks to VeloCloud VMware for giving me the launching pad
0: to launch this book out. All uh, right. I just gotta stop you here and sure. say thank you. Thank you for doing a good book that doesn't say, you know, SD WAN for dummies on it. Right. Because <laughs> I, if I see another SD another dummies guide, I'm gonna shoot myself in the head. This is great, modern, you know, blueprints. I love blueprints, smart, and it's a complex topic. So we need decent books to help us understand. Oh no, how definitely to, I think this it. book is
3: a good start for any enterprise or any user who wants to understand the networking, how the blueprint has changed before implementing SD-WAN, and right. after VeloCloud SD-WAN, how does the networking blueprint right, or the networking right. map has changed? Right.
0: And while we're on you, I'll just throw this out. Um, uh, you're, you're telling me before we start the show that you do a podcast. Why don't yes. we do a sh- shout out to your podcast? So sure, if you're interested all... in this topic, you can go listen to listen to you.
3: Sure, thank you. Uh, I'm also the host for the SD-WAN 360 podcast, uh, which I'm doing it with the VMware. Uh, so any topic related to SD-WAN or any topics or any technology which touches the SD-WAN, like the hottest uh, technology which is uh, right around the corner is the 5G. So how the 5G and the SD-WAN is helping uh, shape the uh, enterprise uh, networking. So that's one of the topic, right. And then we also invite right. uh, guests which talk about the SD-WAN security, IoT, so go and great. check out sd 1360 360.
0: Yeah, great. How often do you do the podcast?
3: So I think I try to uh, do it like once a month. Uh, right. There nice. are times okay. when I yeah. release multiple episodes right. also, sure. but it's just a audio right. podcast. This is right. the first time. You're doing uh, a live on one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. along that's with that's
0: you. We, we specialize in low quality but live, and then every week continuously. So no, no, that's, this that's, is great.
3: That's, that's, uh, that's a great right. way to interact right. uh, with the audience. All
0: right. uh, so, All right. Well, Rohan, welcome to the show. Thanks for the introduction. Thank you. Sounds great. Uh, we'll get to um, Ramanan, uh, Ramanan here. here. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you know what have you done in the IT industry and how would you end up at VMware?
2: Sure. So yeah. I've been in uh, the VMware team for the past two years now, including the VeloCloud aspect. So I came in as part of the acquisition Sure. Uh, I started working in VeloCloud, and I've been here for the past two years almost now. Okay. Uh, before that, I spent my time in Cisco. I worked at Cisco. Uh,
0: another Cisco guy. Yep, yep, yep. yep. All right. Even good, good. I came to Cisco. Uh, oh, you're all,
3: you're <laughs> I all think everybody Cisco here people. in the Silicon right. Valley, it's a right. small right. uh
0: you know, I give a big respect for, for people that come from Cisco because uh, I have a brother-in-law who is an SE for a Cisco, and he tries to teach me networking protocols and networking terminology just so I understand it. And I just can't; it's just over my head to learn the number of protocols you guys have to learn, let alone the IT work that you know command sets that need to configure these guys and and architect a good network. It's like it's a deep subject. I don't know how you guys managed to get in there to begin with. Did you just come out of college and just end up starting to work a network? How did you get there? Because for me, as an IT, you know, compute, maybe storage uh, a little bit, you're like, and you know, standard networks. I got that, but how did you guys get into Cisco and networking to begin with? I think
3: it's just a a transition. You know, when I started off my networking uh, career, I think I was a hardware guy. I used to install uh, or assemble uh, PCs. And when I started off my career with Cisco, I mean, the people used to call me. I used to handle the networking, the lab infrastructure. So they used to call me the cable guy. I used to connect cables between the switches. And that's how, you know, it started showing up interest and that's where the networking career, at least for me, started. What about you, Ram? For me, the uh, journey
2: started way back in 2010 when I came to the U.S. Way, way,
0: way back, way back, way, way way back, 2010. (laughs) Got it. All right, go ahead.
2: So I came to a small town called Boulder, Colorado.
0: All right,
2: sure. I I did my master's there from a university of Colorado at Boulder. Okay, that makes sense. I majored in telecommunications and that's where I laid the foundation for networking.
0: Telecommunications in Boulder. Got it. Is that you? You what? What's the university?
2: Is the University of Colorado Colorado At Boulder.
0: At Boulder. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's where you got it. And then, then once you study that at university, like uh, that, that makes sense. Uh, Rohan and me, we kind of probably came at it from the working in the lab, and then you just managed to stay in networking. And right. we are still young. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Never. It's never. Way, old.
3: way back. Not 2010, but before that.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, good. Um, so, all right. So now we know how you guys got where you are. You're here. Uh, why don't you step back a little bit? You know, because SD WAN in general. What is SD WAN? What is the industry? What is, you know? Give us a tutorial on you know what is SD WAN to begin with.
3: Sure, sure. I think we can start off with a problem statement. I think everybody here uh, in the enterprise networking. Uh, I'm sharing a couple of slides out here. Uh, So if you can see a typical uh, network topology, we have a branch site, a data center site, they are connected with the WAN networking, uh, with public circuits, private circuit. But if you see uh, in a traditional networking, uh, there are multiple circuits which enterprise uh, deploy. Those are always, uh, and and we have seen most of the time, uh, they are in active backup mode. Uh, Not all the circuits are active, active mode. Most of the enterprise, applications are sent over the private circuit, the MPLS circuit, because it's secure, it's point to point. That's one of the problem statements, uh, that the enterprises are not leveraging all the circuits. Even if they have deployed multiple public circuits, they are using it in case of emergency, in case of uh, backup mode. That's one of the problem statements, and uh, we can talk about other problem statement so, out here. Yeah.
2: So for the network engineers out there, this topology will be called as a hub and spoke topology where you have multiple branches. And most of those branches will be connecting to a data center. And as Rohan mentioned, they'll be connected over internet or they'll be connected over MPLS link. And preferably MPLS because that's where the service providers provide the service level agreement. But why was that the kind of topology we did? The reason for that was within the data center, you have your applications hosted. and the branches needed those applications to be serviced or accessed to. So that was one case, right? But what are what is the main transformation that we are seeing out there today? One of the major transformations that we see is that the applications have moved from this local data center to cloud. And by cloud I do not mean the blue clouds or white clouds that you see out there, but either it can be a software as a service, SaaS, or a public cloud, such as AWS or Azure. So in today's environment we are seeing a shift in where these applications are hosted. And it's not a case of yes or no, it's a case of where you are seeing enterprises having a hybrid approach where some applications are still residing in the data center, whereas some are moving to the public cloud. So the, it's a mix and match, and this is referred to as a hybrid cloud approach that we are seeing more and more with the enterprises today. And there are some of, some of the challenges that we are seeing with that, and that's something that we want to highlight over here as part of this discussion.
0: Right, so if you guys are listening on the podcast, uh, you know, you're know you not going to be able to see the slide that they're talking about, but okay. you get the okay. idea. Um, so, But if you're if you're available, we do have a Facebook uh, live stream that uh, we put these slides on. So just a shout out to people, if you want to go look back and uh, listen to this, you can go. We publish this on facebook.com slash VMTN community. Uh, this, this will be all published there, so you can go back and look at the slides if you want to track what they're talking about.
3: So for the audience who are just doing audio listening, so- so branch sites, data center side, they are connected with multiple WAN circuits, public, private. So like I mentioned, um, enterprises are just using one private circuit to access all the information from data center where all the applications are residing, like Ramnath mentioned. The challenge also is that the applications are everywhere. They are in the cloud, they are in the data center, um, applications are migrating to the cloud. How do we access them if they are on the internet? Then uh, still we backhaul the traffic all the way to the data center from branch sites to access those applications on the Internet or to access the public Internet. At the same time, even the data centers, we have seen that shift happening that the data centers are also in the cloud. So right. There are multi data center scenarios so- uh, in there.
0: So if I try to debug this oh, in sure. podcast terms, I'll just uh, up level the description okay. to say like, okay, if I'm doing branch right now in traditional model, I would have my apps served up from my data center. I'd build a really nice network out to the branch environment. and I would have this proprietary network gear set up with tunneling or whatever it was to give my branch access to these apps. As the apps move into the cloud all over the place, this idea of having a a, a, a network that just going back to your data center kind of falls apart because now that traffic has to go back from AWS into my data center, through my private tunnel, out to my branch. Uh, and that that's where this, this shift is happening. right?
3: And you're very right there. That's not an optimized way to access those applications or internet going all the way from branch site to the data center and then right. to the cloud. That's a, not an optimal way. The optimal way would be directly from branch. In a secured fashion, we should be able to access either the application or the data center. And one and the other... A problem statement here, we see that at, at branch sites for every network function, whether it's switching, security, routing, or any other function, there is always a different set of equipments, physical equipments or software equipments, which are installed at the branch site. So what it means is now you have to get a trained IT staff for each of these network functions. And that's where it leads to SD-WAN, where we can have uh, the complexity removed, have a single device uh, where we can have all these network functionality, which we talked about, the routing, the switching, the firewall, even the SD-WAN, all combined together in a simple simple, uh, kind of a solution. And that's the problem statement uh, uh, which come across. And that leads to the definition of what exactly is this SD-WAN, and that's where uh, you know there are multiple vendors out there, which provides with the SD-WAN solution. And that's where the industry analysts like Gartner came out with the definition that, hey, you need to have at least four of these kind of pillars to have an SD-WAN solution. And that's where we are going to go through those four pillars, which is very important to understand if somebody asks you, hey, what is SD-WAN? Can you let me know what SD-WAN is? So any SD-WAN solution in the market should have these four things. One is transport independence, kind of building up a secure overlay over private or public circuit. And we are going to talk more about this. I think that's where Ramnath will talk about these application performance, simple interface. So four things which needs to be there on any of the SD-WAN solution is the transport independence, the secure overlay, application performance, that's the key to any SD-WAN solution, and a simple interface. So let me start off with the transport independence. Now that enterprise needs to leverage multiple circuits, whether it's public or private, that's what we call it as a hybrid approach. So wherever you want to send the application traffic on any of the links, it should be independent of the underlying hardware. I should not sure. be defining business policy that now if I have to send it over private, this is how mm. we need to do it. So you're it building a be-
0: layer, just like uh, just like we built virtualization for compute Correct. resources. Yeah. you're building that that virtualization layer above your your physical uh, connections, so that so that your your transport is independent.
3: Right. Yes, uh, similar right. similar to what you mentioned, like VMware uh, ESXi hypervisor needs to run independent. Right. Sure of the hardware, and that's the key to it.
0: Okay, so that's one feature, transport independence. And
3: right. then the second one, I think, Ram, uh, why don't you go over the secure so, overlay and the DMTO. So the next one
2: is about secure overlay. So security is important for any network, not just SD-WAN. So in our case, the way we design a solution, we have kept security in our mind, and it's become a real crucial component of it. And the way we do that is, the, the key thing to remember here is why security is important when it comes to SD-WAN. The earlier case which I explained was you send the traffic from branches to the data center where your applications are serviced. But what if those branches need to go to internet? In that case, you would send the traffic over the MPLS, some kind of transport to the data center, and then do an internet breakout from the data center. So your security parameters such as your firewalls, your IPS, IDS, your uh, DLP, all of those security appliances would be at the data center to save on cost, to make it more simpler. But now what happens with the cloud-based approach is that you need to have a way by which you can send the traffic from branches to the public cloud directly from the branch rather than right. back calling.
0: Right, which that makes security a much more challenging problem because you could, now you have to do it at the branch security and you have a lot of different apps that are moving different places, right?
2: That's perfectly, like, that's rightly said. So you need some kind of security intelligence at the branch itself So if you look at the overlay, the way we have designed the overlay, it's inherently secure using IPsec. So we are protected from a data plane perspective. But also the branches are secure because we also have application-aware firewall running natively on each and every edge of plants. So that takes care of the security at the branch itself. And from a data plane perspective, we are secure as well.
0: Right, so you can see where you would uh, you, you need an appliance to solve this kind of problem because you just can't you can't afford to have administrators go out to every branch and and manage this kind of solution. You actually need some kind of preset appliance that's going to go out, give you this capability, be secure that you can manage from a remote location from your from your from your ops perspective back at headquarters.
2: So that's the beauty of our solution. So even if you have let's say hundred or thousand sites, all of those sites can be managed from a single portal. Whereas in the earlier case, in the earlier traditional WAN approach, we had to go into each and every branch, use command line interface, learn about that vendor's command line interface, be an expert on that, maybe do certification, and then go to the next step. Okay, so
0: so security, right? We got that one, and and, and it makes a lot of sense, right, sure.
2: So the third part here is about dynamic path selection, and this is really crucial when it comes to any SD-WAN solution. The reason for that is the world today has moved from IP-based forwarding to application-based forwarding. Enterprises today want to know what are my top ten applications and who are the users using those top ten applications. Whenever we go and speak to our customers, we ask this first question to them as, "Can you tell us what are your top ten applications?" And you won't believe the answer that we usually get is, "We don't know." Or they are able to tell us what are the applications they're using, but they can't quantify. They can't give us a volume that this application I'm using for these many users for these many branches. So that the reason for that is the way we. Design the legacy WAN architecture was around IP-based forwarding. Was based on hub and spoke model. It wasn't based on applications. We so sure, we're just
0: app- tracking everything by IP. That was that that was just it, right? All the firewalls say everything that I grew up in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s were absolutely everything IP. Right. Yeah.
2: So in our case, we are able to detect what the application is right from the first packet and know and steer the traffic based on what the intent is, of what the user needs to do. So that's something that is crucial as part of dynamic path selection. But the other part which is crucial is the way we react to change. So since we are running as an overlay on top of the underlay, which Rowan mentioned as part of transport independence, we need to ensure that we are able to understand what's happening on the van links in real time and that we do in milliseconds. So it's very crit- critical for any SD-WAN solution to know and understand what's happening on the, all the van circuits in real time, because sure. that forms the basis of decision making as to where I need to steer my application traffic. To. Because let's say an example, there's a branch with two van links and both the van links suffer from packet loss, jitter latency. You need to have a way by which you can steer the traffic in real time without any user intervention.
0: Sure. That's
2: the key here. The solution allows us to steer the traffic even without the user end user knowing that there has been a traffic steering happen.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense. I have a million business questions that enter my head with all this, but we'll let you guys move forward with the kind of like what we have, right? You know, because we're defining what the industry is and what the problem set is. Um, I have lots of business because I worked um, writing code for PepsiCo where they had lots of branches um, and the, the cost associated with every branch that you have to go out with, like they cared per dollar, right? It was like 29 cents extra for a, you know, a, a faster modem or whatever you are putting at branch because branches scale so large right that you just don't understand how many branches some of these big enterprises have and if you're talking 20 extra dollars per branch for some service or an extra hour of time to manage that uh, we'll get into the, those questions in a bit but why don't you take us more okay so I'm starting to understand that these three transport secure and dynamic path uh, where where do we go now that we framed it are there other components to this we need to frame or can yeah. we go into our own solution no path?
3: so the that- The last uh, key pillar here is the simple interface. Now you are having a Mm, newer technology, the enterprise needs to adopt a newer technology. So it should not be a complex task for them. It should offer you with a simple interface. So like with VMware SD-WAN, it's just one single management portal, the orchestrator, that's what we call it. Either it could be in a hosted environment in the cloud, or it could be on-prem, depending on the enterprise uh, needs. So a simple interface to manage your entire SD-WAN network. That's the key to to this uh, uh, SD-WAN solution. So building up a simple uh, overlay uh, on any of the the private or public circuit or 5G or LTE circuit, it should be secure end-to-end from branch to the data center or from branch to the internet. And like Ramnath mentioned out here, application performance is the key enterprise should know at any given time or they should have that visibility or we should be providing with uh, rich analytics, not only from the link perspective, but also from the application side of it so that uh, when a CIO asks uh, the networking team, hey, could you show me what are the top 10 applications? For last six months, I should be able to provide that report with that simple interface from our orchestrator. So four key pillars the transport independence, secure overlay, application performance, which is the dynamic path sharing or the path selection, and a simple interface. And that's where uh, uh, we can talk about uh, why VMware SD-WAN or what's the core differentiation value which VMware SD-WAN provides apart from there are many SD-WAN players in the market. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a healthy competition, so it's not about... Uh, backbiting or talking bad things about the other competition. It's all about how we differentiate from others. So that's where it leads down to the simple interface where the orchestrator, the management portal provides you or gives you a 360 degree view of your entire SD-WAN network. I mean, we are uh, kind of shrinking all the networking e- equipment to a single SD-WAN box out here which can provide you with multiple network functions, routing, switching, firewall, everything can be managed using that simple interface portal from the VeloCloud orchestrator. Uh, and the second key pillar is the application performance, Ramnath, which you talked about. Yes, uh,
2: so to add on to the point that Rowan mentioned about simplicity, uh, when we started the company in 2012, uh, VeloCloud, which, which, which is a startup, right? So. We understood the main challenge for wide area network was the complexity of deployment. And that was something which we took really seriously and wanted to break it down and make it more simpler. And that was the main goal for us to make it as easy and simple as possible for any new deployment mean, even for a brownfield migration deployment.
0: Yeah. So let's take a moment and talk about that, because I think it is one of the key key elements that I discovered when working at PepsiCo, which was that, you know, you have to really consider the workload that's going to take the organizational change. Anything you build or try to architect, you have to consider because you're replicating that a thousand times across the the nation or the globe, for that matter. Have you guys seen as as you know SD WAN requirements are changing? Are you seeing that impact uh, how organizations have to be aligned and what the roles are for managing this technology? I mean, in the old days, IP based security, you know, networking all through the data center uh, that was that was absolutely run by the networking teams, right? Um, And the security teams is that still the case? And how are you seeing this? Change or is it not changing? Is it just a new tool for the existing crowd?
3: So I think uh, that there is a trend. It's it's changing with SD WAN, with SD WAN, with VMware SD WAN. It's more of now an outcome-driven networking where you know you define the outcome that I want my top five uh, enterprise compliance application uh, to have such and such SLA, and that's what you define it and you can get it delivered using the VMware SD-WAN solution. Right, so
0: it's a, a little bit of SaaS service model for your customer where you're delivering SLAs. Um, are the people that are doing this, is it still the network admins or the, the security admins? How is this? Is it, is it changing, or is it just a new function uh, and a new paradigm for the existing network admins?
3: So with VMware SD-WAN, like, like uh, we mentioned, the simplicity is the key to the solution. So you don't need to kind of send a trained uh, uh, IT staff who is like uh, uh, have multiple uh, security certifications or routing routing certification to debug the problem or design the network here. So that simplicity which is built in from day one in the solution. Right.
0: uh, Does this get tagged to the application teams too? Because we're changing the paradigm from... You know, uh, just Definitely. going back to main answer. Yes. Now you have these different SaaS apps that are plugging in, and you almost are looking at from a from an application delivery perspective. And does does that change who's involved with rolling the stuff out? So it is always
3: a cross functional uh, team uh, required. But like I mentioned, I'll go back to that outcome driven networking here. I want my SaaS applications to be accessed securely from the branch side. I don't want it to backhaul all the way to the data center. Right. So you define the outcome. There are some applications which you want it to backhaul to the internet, and uh, backhaul to the data center. So you just define the outcome and that can be easily implemented using the uh, business policies. Uh, right. I think uh, Ramnath can talk more about that application performance, that outcome. Based on the outcome, you can define the policies, whether it's security or application related.
2: So yeah, in, in our case, uh, we are able to categorize and know what applications are flowing within the network. And that's the key with regards to visibility across the enterprise. So that's something which is fundamental in our SD-WAN solution right from the outset, we had this uh, this particular implementation in place. So the main thing is, let's say you deploy a solution across, let's say 10 sites across mm. your network, right. you're able to know what your applications are within each and every site of yours, each and every 10 sites. And then you can drill down into which users are using which applications.
0: Right. So it's a connection of the application now because we went from IP based, right, security and so forth to now application, which means I need to know who and what applications are actually going to be running. So I have to then work with the app teams closer than I ever used to because you have to define these roles. You have to define the use cases for the applications where I never had to do that before. I just had to worry about the the IP based security and tunnel that out to it. Now I'm actually building a policy based which would be in Velo Cloud, I assume. So I have to actually kind of work with the, the application team. And maybe I always had to, but it was more like I just had to worry about the infrastructure. And as long as I enabled it, then the app people would deploy their apps and, and, and worry about that. So it seems like there's there has to be a logical change where I'm working closer with the application team.
2: The way I see this is we are seeing more synergy happening between the application team and the network team. But there's been been a more of an overlap between the network and the security team, so it's been more of a hand in hand between those two. But the application team, there's more synergy between those two now. So that's how I see how the industry is going.
0: Interesting, what? interesting. All right, so so you've 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 come. Why don't we talk a little bit about our product? Like, what's the T's and C's here? We sell it. Um, is it still called Velo Cloud? Uh, what, what? Tell tell me a little bit about how we're going to market with our own solution here.
3: So uh, it's VMware SD-WAN by Velocloud. Okay, uh, so mean, that's We the are so name, used to right. Velocloud sd because we came through the acquisition, so we used to call it as Velocloud sd solution, but it's VMware sd by Velocloud. Okay. The key core differentiation, we always talk about the value prop, which we were talking okay. about, the simplicity, the application performance, which we call it as DMPO, dynamic multipath optimization, and then we have a unique uh, cloud gateway architecture, which no other, none of the SD-WAN vendors have it there, where our gateways are all over the globe. They are strategically placed in the co facility where all these SaaS providers are. And uh, basically, you, we can provide you with an optimized way to access these uh, SaaS applications. So these are the three key core differentiation when we differentiate us from any other SD-WAN players in the market.
0: So say that again because I was looking sure. at chat at the same time and we got okay. a couple chat questions. But that's an interesting point. So you guys tie back into where apps are delivered to so cover yeah. that again. So we
3: are in the same co facility. I think the uh, same co facility where the SaaS providers are, right, and this right. is around the globe. So the customer doesn't have to do a kind of uh, bring their own circuit or bring their own virtual machine and deploy it uh, near to those clouds. We are already there. So for customers, it's like for them, go to market is quick because these are already hosted by VeloCloud. We manage them. We take care of the performance and the scale factor. Every quarter, those gateways are, the numbers are increasing, going above. I think now we have 1,000 plus uh, gateways around the globe which are at the doorstep. So if right. you are in South Africa accessing, let's say, uh, Office sixty five right. application right. with the SD-WAN tunnel, right. with the VMware SD-WAN overlay, will connect to the nearest gateway and you will have Access yeah, access and and that, that all right,
0: So that answers part of my question of how okay. we how we get closer to the apps, right? So you're just going out to where the apps are hosted and setting up you know infrastructure so that way if I get SD WAN for my branch, you know, you now have the other endpoint and you just connect them and and so and, and enable just to
3: services. tie up the loose end here. Right. So basically, let's say if I have my branch site in San Jose, the moment you bring okay. up the power on the branch site, activate the bra- uh, branch SD WAN device. We'll do a Geo lookup and we'll connect to the nearest gateway in that region, and that gateway is like milliseconds away from all these SaaS applications in that region.
0: So yeah, that's smart. That's, that's really smart. What we yeah. do it
3: from day one, and that's where it differentiates us from other SD one players in the market.
0: Right, right, right. Um, so that so that's uh, that explains that. Um, so. Uh, VMware SD WAN by, by, by the Cloud. Cloud. Um, how much has changed since we acquired you? How long have we acquired you? We so again? it's almost being one
3: and a half year now. So
0: I maybe maybe a release or two. Are you guys doing continuous integration? How often do you guys do releases of your products?
3: So uh, I, I think there are major releases which happens every quarter. I'll say uh, every quarter, but a lot of innovation is happening. Uh, you know, we are integrating with the VMware NSX product, so integrations are happening not only just with NSX data center, but with other analytical uh, analytics uh, products and other VMware products. So. Innovation is always up the trend.
0: That leads to my chat question, which is Have we done any work with vRealize Operations Manager yet?
3: We are. We are doing a lot of work uh, with, like I mentioned, with other VMware products like NSX Data Center, Verne, V vRealize. Right. Things are always.
0: Uh, on yeah, the it, it's a change for the IT practitioners as well because uh, this. Continuous application releases, right? Even even your tech, right? Because it's a hosted cloud service, and I assume that this is a a hosted service, right? That uh, we're hosting in the in the in the data center next to the apps, and maybe not on prem in the branch, but obviously we have a hosted component of oh, that. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, don't get us wrong. Right. Uh, when we say hosted, that's just one model. I think right. we, we have, have a couple Fully on prem on prem deployment, right. where all our three of the components. The edge device, the CPE device, which is on the branch or the data center side. The second is the cloud gateway architecture, which could be hosted, which could be on-prem. And the third is the management portal, the orchestrator. Even that could be hosted, yeah. or it could be on-prem, and, and then and an a hybrid yeah. approach also.
0: And in a complex environment, you're going to have a co- combination of both. You're going to have your yeah. own apps that you're deploying from your data center out to the branches. You're also going to have SaaS apps that you're going to uh, take advantage of your your the SaaS on-prem where you know, where they're hosted. So if that makes sense. Uh, I get that. Um, so you've done some integration. You're continuing to work. Uh, you do releases. What you know, once every quarter or so, and uh and so you're kind of you're starting to become a, a VMware family brand now. Right? We already are
3: part of VMware. Right, yes. right,
0: right. I know you're in the building next door. Yeah, you next guys door. are guys are over there. We uh, Hilltop F. If you've ever been to Palo Alto, and uh, these guys uh, have the open office model. So when you go over there, it's like people at tables just working away. Right, like it's uh, it's impressive to see. I guys think we have forward. kept
3: that uh, startup culture. Uh, even when we are part of, and right. thanks to VMware right.
0: for that. Uh, so how's the how's adoption going? Um, are, are are you guys uh, seeing any kind of pushback in the enterprise? What are the main challenges of of moving people to the SD WAN model and uh, and and showcasing the value of this type of solution?
2: I think if you look at the history, right? I mean, if you look at where VMware SD WAN stands right now, we are pretty much number one with, when it comes to market share revenue. And go, if, go uh,
0: VMware. Go, or go via check Vivo the cost. Gartner right. Magic yeah. Quadrant. Done right, another one for us. So I mean, we have been doing another things. reason to come to VMworld, by the way, which we haven't got to yet. So we got like ten more, fifteen more minutes here. We're gonna get to VMworld, uh, but another great reason because this tech is moving. So, sorry, go so ahead.
2: One of the reasons why we are number one is not just the solution. Solution is really good from a technical standpoint. We we have a very simple solution, but right from the outset, right from day one, we partnered extensively with our partner ecosystem from service providers to best of breed security vendors and many others. So this has provided us with a way to expand beyond what just our solution could do standalone. So that's something which is crucial because you need to have a good strong partner ecosystem. VMware also has been our partner right from long time and being in VMware, we can then right. use our resources within VMware as well right
0: now. I just feel like no matter how much I, I don't want to be drug into the networking space, there's just no <laughs> way we're not gonna be here because it's so dependent. Uh, so it's so interesting, okay, yeah, that that makes sense.
2: So that's allowed us to scale a lot because right. we do have extensive partnership with service right. providers. And this ranges from tier one, tier two service providers, not just in US, but around the world, around the globe. Right, So right. That's provided
3: us the way to scale out, to provide an infrastructure, to provide access to multiple enterprises.
0: Right, great. great.
3: So, so if you see our customer portfolio, it's not only just service provider like you talked about. We are across all the verticals, whether it's retail, healthcare, construction, IoT, all sets, all sites of customers. Yeah, places
0: that have branches out in the world, right? It's not just a big data center-centric spot, right? All those industries that that make sense from retail and so forth uh makes sense so it is a good transition right uh, we understand what our products are now it's super cool because you know it's just vmware one thing vmware is very good at is is pivoting and and moving into new markets and i i see vmware buying you know making the right choices looking for market leaders and looking for those quadrant leaders and then just you know partnering up buying you know bringing in house um making everybody wealthy at the same time you know um, <laughs> stocking <laughs> up keeping technology fresh for our practitioners right because we are a community podcast we have 3 million IT practitioners out there and we've got a lot invested in our own you know careers right and so by VMware bringing you guys on and, and offering this type of s- solutions to us it just makes us Stay relevant, right? So it is interesting to see that. So moving on to VMworld, um, you guys are going to, are you guys going to VMworld? And uh, do you guys have any kind of stuff that we can learn when we come to VMworld?
3: Uh, yes, I think it's a- exciting for us because SD WAN is going to be there and we are going to be there delivering lots and lots of SD-WAN information, but just before we dive into the VM world, I just wanted to touch base on your point where you were talking about the good things about the VMware. I think two key things which really highlights with VMware is, I think, and that's we have seen on the social media also where, you know, Glassdoor has rated VMware as the best place to work at the same time. Our VMware CEO, all the employees have rated him as one of the best CEOs. So I think that's the right environment. I mean, when we got acquired by VMware, uh, I was a little hesitant that we are becoming a part of a bigger organization. Yes, right. We might lose our uh, innovation, the yes, startup right. culture, but yes. thanks to, I think, VMware, uh, it's still intact, and you, know, yeah, you the ratings it, it, which it, it, are in there it, it shows yeah. us that you know, VMware is really the best place. Uh, Uh, To work,
0: I would I would say that uh, we are a yes company, right? Like I've said that on the podcast many times. VMware, you get here and it's like a yes. Everybody goes, yeah, sure, we, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Everybody's exciting. And one of the biggest challenges of VMware is what to say no to because there's just so many opportunities and everybody just has a very positive yes, we can do it kind of you know atmosphere. Everybody still has amazing people,
3: passionate people, smart people that love to.
0: I mean, every, every, every day, everybody, so great. everybody says that. Every, oh, yeah, it's great. But the, the truth is, people's no, rating yes, says that, VMware right? The actually, Glassdoor it, ratings is it, is it, and it, the employers who it, have right, rated right, our CEO. Right. Actually,
3: uh, I love the
2: campus over here. It's really right, Very right, green.
0: Right. But I like I like that we, you know, aren't afraid to pivot and change. We aren't married to the past. I mean, we keep our products, we we don't throw our products away, but we're also willing to stay, you know, hungry and, and look where the industry's going and then, you know, either build or buy solutions that allow us as, you know, I love VMware type of sticker guys to, to, yeah. to be relevant. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right,
3: exactly. Yeah. exactly. Innovation. I think it's always that, yeah. that constant well, thing which is
0: happening. I'm glad you guys are happy being here. It this is a beautiful amazing campus. amazing right. i think yeah, so. we absolutely. both share that uh, uh, you know uh, so, feeling so sessions at VMworld. why should people come to VMworld? because of sd van yeah, <laughs> right.
3: so uh, i we we have multiple of the sd van sessions uh um, which is being done by us by our team members we are here to talk about our sessions so starting off with hands-on lab we are uh, releasing out a new infrastructure lab, which is on the SD-WAN, which will talk about if an enterprise wants, or a service provider wants to have the infrastructure, so how they can make it ready, so how we can install, deploy these Velocloud SD-WAN components out there. So there is a hands-on lab out there. We are also refreshing uh, the existing sd van lab, which was 1940. Now the new number is 2040. I mean, by the way, you don't have to remember the numbers. Just sure, do an SD-WAN search and you will get that hands-on lab. And that's a great uh, tool, which is VMware team is providing with this hands-on capabilities. Uh, uh, the other joint session, which I'm doing with uh, Ramnath, is, and Ramnath uh, is going to talk about that, joint session is EZPZ, which is, uh, that, that's the title, uh, Common Questions or Common adapt- ad- Adoption Questions to SD-WAN. Why don't you talk more about that, uh, Ramnath?
2: So we, we have been deploying SD-WAN from, I would say, 2014. So it's been a good amount of last five years where we have been in active deployments in the field. And with any solution, when you deploy and go in real-world environments, you're bound to have questions, challenges, and what how does this help them and all those kind of stuff so in this particular session we are trying to highlight what common questions we have seen from majority of our customers and we are trying to highlight that and get that out in that session but again the more the intention of this session would be to be more interactive where we would like to hear from you all and we would encourage you all to come in into the session let us know how your experience has been with regards to vmware SD-WAN deployments or any other SD-WAN deployments that we have seen and we'll be happy to answer how we can help uh, from our solution perspective. So that's one of the sessions which is titled Easy Peasy Common Questions on VMware SD WAN. Just, just be to
0: add S- on FAQs for SD WAN, <laughs> <laughs> you have just, to be cute, don't you? Yeah, yeah. just yeah. to
3: add on to that, those common questions which we have taken from the field, from the POC, from the deployment, from the customer side like, do I really need MPLS? Is it going to be depend place? Can I augment both MPLS and private circuit?
2: What think, do, yeah, what do I do with my security, which I already have right now? So all those kind of questions come in a lot, and we we help you all to help you understand what we do from our solution perspective, how we can
3: help you from that. Applications are everywhere. How do I access them securely through the internet site? Applications are there on the data center, on the or in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Same goes with the data center, right. on-prem, right. cloud deployment. Yeah.
0: And I just got to say that uh, we have different tracks, right? And I think that the networking is one of the tracks. And uh, we asked the track owners, like, who are the most popular one- sessions that we should we should talk to to promote? Right? Esteevan. Right. And actually, yeah, the networking <laughs> track owner came back. And uh, did you shoot a video with uh, Julia to talk about we, your session? Yeah, I and, think we recently and, did that. Right. Uh, and the reason we you did that is because the track owner gave us you guys as one of the key sessions that we should go, talk about because it's going to be a popular one and one that we think that from a networking perspective, everybody needs to learn about. Right. So, so great job on that. And uh, part of the reason you're here today is because, you know, the, the track owner said, Hey, you guys, we need to focus on this right so so great to great to have that so you have uh, the FAQ one uh, we have the HOL one is there anything else that uh, we should be talking about
2: so there's another session on network functions virtualization so this is a new trend that we see uh, one of the major transitions that i'm seeing in the market is uh, either the appliances are getting reduced at the branch and then okay. enterprises are employing something called as NFC based architecture network function virtualization and this refers to Let's let's take a branch as an example. A branch would usually have, like, let's say, eight to ten different appliances. Either that can be router, sure. firewall, load balancer, and whatnot. So in an NFC-based approach, what happens is that instead of having individual appliances for those functions, you can have a standard x86 or any standard appliance, and on top of that, you can run virtual appliances of software, router, load balancer. So the, the summary would be you just have a single appliance, but you're running all of those functionalities in software. And that's referred to as a VNF, Virtual Network Function. So in our case, what happens is we do have support for the UCP. the, the platform is referred to as a UCPE, uni, okay. Universal uh, Customer Premise Equipment.
0: So, all right, are so there that, some vendors that build these things? Like, yes,
2: so even from our end, we have a Dell vp 4600, which is a virtual edge platform. That's okay. referred to as a VNF. Right,
0: I was gonna say Dell, just say Dell. Right, yeah, yeah. perfect.
2: So we, we do have that covered, and. Then on, the, on top of that, you can right. run the virtual function of our VMware SD-WAN Edge.
0: Right. All right. Got it. So they build, Dell builds build an appliance-type device for branches that slot in x86, and then you have these virtual appliances that just sit on top of that that give you the yeah, virtual network, what is it called, NV?
2: It's called NFC, network nfv Network Function Virtualization.
0: Network Function Virtualization, which are basically the network functions that just sit on this appliance that give you everything. And is VeloCloud part of that solution?
2: Yes, so from a VeloCloud perspective, you can have the VeloCloud SD-WAN VNS right. running on top of that particular appliance.
0: That appliance, that so we have makes that sense. Key- so now you have a session that's gonna, gonna take us through that?
2: Yes, so I'll be talking about NFE in general SDN in general, because if you look at the term SD-WAN, it comes from SDN principles, right? Software-defined networking. Right. So that's where we get to understand how does SDN fit into SD-WAN and how how do both of them relate to each other. And then we'll look at SD-WAN because some folks might not be aware of SD-WAN. What is SD-WAN? So we'll go through the nuts and bolts about SD-WAN and then I'll go into the VMware SD-WAN solution. So it'll be a full end to end full end to end session where you get to understand these acronyms and then you understand about the VMware sd one solution to capital
0: great great so you guys are going to be uh in 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 San Francisco i assume are you also planning on going to europe uh, yes we'll be there uh, in both the locations so so same sessions in us and in europe we believe yes right? and at the same time
3: then i'll be doing uh, book signing for my second edition book the sd wan the networking
0: blueprint for
3: Modern businesses
0: yeah and it's not, it doesn't have a, a yellow and black dummies anywhere so I'm, <laughs> I'm so thrilled excellent a uh, nice book, and you'll do some signing so that's good yes. and uh and you'll both be there so now we have three sessions um Anything else that uh, we should uh, talk about?
3: There are other SDVAN sessions which are going to be get delivered by the SD-WAN team. These are some right, of the right. sessions which we are doing it. Right. So, so those are
0: your three, three or ones that you're you're involved with. But then there's uh, other ones, obviously. Yes,
3: there are others. So please uh, check the catalog. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. My track is, a track
0: would be anywhere from 30 to 40 sessions based on track ownership. I'm aware of. Um, any kind of code-related things that we should talk about here? Does anybody? Do you have APIs to do any control with the the, the uh, with uh, VeloCloud or the VM or SD WAN you know, solutions?
2: Yeah, go ahead. So, so in our case, the entire solution is based on REST API. So you can easily integrate northbound from the orchestrator, which is a single pane of glass for your entire SD WAN, and integrate any of your northbound OSS or if you're running an NFV-based infrastructure, you can have NFE orchestrator and combine that southbound with the cloud orchestrator and okay. have that working. So,
3: and many of our enterprise service provider customers are leveraging this REST API capabilities, which are built in from day one on the, uh, on the orchestrator on our management portal, not only just for troubleshooting support, but even for provisioning multiple branch sites. So, and nice.
2: coming back to challenges, right? I mean, when we saw how Van was designed, by the network was designed. Let's let's take an example. One of the features, let's say BGP. Under BGP, you'll have maybe thousand different parameters that you can configure as part of the feature. And that I usually refer to as nerd knobs. So you have thousand different nerd knobs within a single feature. And we understood that a user doesn't need all those thousand knobs. So in our right. case, what we did was we to expose whatever is needed in the UI, we took out what what was most common and based on our experience with multiple customers, we chalked that out. So let's say you took 10 or 20 or 30 different knobs from the thousand, have that exposed in the UI, but the rest you can easily do using REST API as well if required. So all right. that's the key over
3: here.
2: Cool.
3: So that means we still have the simplicity and simplicity doesn't mean that we have, we don't have advanced configuration in there. We cannot do advanced BGP in, right. in this case. It all can be done with a simplistic approach. Simplicity is built in. That's the key to
0: our solution. Great, perfect, perfect. Um okay, so now we that uh I'll touch on education services. This is kind of my routine here okay. just to give people that are listening you know ways to to think about learning about this stuff. so we have an HOL that's going to be at VMworld on um, labs yep, yep, everybody knows um I assume but thanks, <laughs> thanks for the plug or Pablo will thank you for the plug um, Education services, I assume have some kind of training classes that they offer uh, on our our wan product.
3: Yes, uh, I think VMware education team has uh, um, multiple courses which are there starting from level 100, 200, 300. We have hands-on lab as part of the education uh, uh, from the
0: VMware. Yes. Right. Nice. 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 Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we're finishing up. Uh, you got a point? Go yeah. for it.
2: And for folks who are wanting to learn more about our solution, we do have regular cadence of webinars, which we do on Bright Talk. So that also can be referred to if required. And we also have extensive coverage on VMware blogs as well. That we publish multiple different blogs across architecture, features and everything.
0: Right. So there and, is a networking blog that's out there, so I assume you guys probably get on that. Right. And the S D three sixty podcast. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna throw <laughs> I, that the end. I was gonna give that one to you, right? Like you got the podcast, you have the, the NSX blog which you guys talk about, uh, But blogs put blogs out there. Is there a Twitter handle that people can follow? Does any do you guys know if there's any tweeting going on?
3: I think uh, I'm very active on social media. So if
0: you go to life, just do a search as
3: life boy and you'll find me there. So you're live uh, boy, life boy, L-I-F-E-B-O-Y. And that's life where boy. You can
0: it. Nice. that sounds like you should be a rapper. Or something. <laughs> a life boy. Got it. All right, and are you on Twitter yet? No, I'm not. Oh, you got to get there, man. You need to you need to start building up your follower base. Everybody in our ecosystem is on Twitter. It is the way we it's like a one big giant chat, right? And uh, you're getting there. <laughs> it's it's the quickest way to reach me or anybody is just to direct tweet at me and uh, I'll probably answer you within a within the day, right? Like same here. You well, know, email, I get so many emails a day. I I ignore most of everything, right? So the worst. All right. So that's good. So Lifeboy, uh, you can uh, you can uh, g- go out and give him a follow. Rohan uh, will will be happy to, for, for that. Um, and then you're going to be at VMworld. You're going to be at VMworld Europe. Uh, going to handle uh, AWS reInvent. Any, any plans for us to be to be uh, talking there? I think could uh, be everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we're going to be there so VMware code is going to be there we have a 20 by 20 booth we're gonna be running some sessions there uh, so maybe we'll take a look at your api's and see if there's interesting anything interesting sure. there I find uh, I find the branch uh, I think the edge computing in general is a is a trend I know that you know the telcos are building cloud services they're going to be delivering apps out to the edge and so having a way to manage this it's coming right it's definitely going to be there and uh, I think IT projects practitioners network admins and uh, everybody's going to have to have to have this in their arsenal so it's uh, it's pretty cool Right, good all right uh last words before we uh we 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 talk about barbecue <laughs> anything else you want to communicate before we uh, transition no uh, just uh,
3: we are inviting you to the VM world uh, come and join the SD-WAN sessions yeah. try out the hands-on lab for SD-WAN Try out our, check out our sessions.
0: Go to their sessions, go to their labs, and uh, tell them you heard them on our podcast. Yeah, and come
3: for the book signing, listen, tune to not only your podcast, but to the SD-WAN 360 podcast.
0: Yeah,
2: so, absolutely. Yeah. So VMworld is right around the corner. So we, along with whatever we mentioned, we also have booth over there where we'll showcase all the demos and all the cool stuff. So good,
0: good call out, right? So there's going to be you can come, take a look at it, talk to somebody at a booth, and you know, get get an additional demo. That's that's absolutely. And neat.
3: Then demo is not just about the SD WAN. It's about uh, SD WAN technology on its own, plus integration with the security partners or with the other partners or with other technologies which are there in the VMware or the partner ecosystem.
0: I'm going to have to go take a look at one of these Dell. What's the Dell appliance? What's the name? Na- the Dell appliance is
3: yeah. named VEP, Virtual Edge Platform.
0: VEP, and is there a number? Get um, a number off the top of your head? VEP 4600. 4600. I'm going to have to go take a look at that. I'm going to go Google that one to see what it's like. I'm, a, I'm going to be a hardware guy. So I like hardware. I think it's fun. I like edge hardware. I do Raspberry Pi, Kubernetes on Raspberry Pis, Edge based ARM systems. We had ESX running on Edge. So I like all the whole edge story in general. So I'm gonna have to go check out uh the, the VEP forty six hundred from Dell and see what that's about as well. All right, we're at the top of the hour. Um I will come back to Tony Foster who's been, you know, the most patient co host ever. Talk, you know, Fourth of of July barbecue. Uh, Anybody got any great ideas for the for the weekend?
1: That's a great question. I I was planning on sticking with uh, the traditional Fourth of July fair here in the states of burgers and hot dogs. So I I do have a question for you, though. All right, hit me. So. At least in Kansas, you have three different uh, cooking styles of hot dogs. You have a warmed hot dog. You have a hot dog that has changed color slightly and is more of a tan and it's nice and plump and juicy. And then you have blackened hot dogs where whoever's cooking it blackens the heck out of it. And those are the three types of hot dogs people around here at least eat. Do you have a preference on...
0: I do, I do, I do, and that's an excellent question because I have a very particular style that I like with uh and I do I do the blackened and I'll I'll do maybe a chard without you know, the moderate blackened but then I usually like it isn't a good hot dog unless it's got black bumps all over it, right? Like that for me that's a good one. And then what I like to do and take it to the next level, which is you slice it down the middle, you gut it, sp- splay it open flat and then blacken the insides as well. So now you got like even a thinner oh. black
1: Blacken,
0: blacken and that that to me, cutting it down and splaying it open and putting it on the grill so that you 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 blacken both both the inside and the out. Not completely black, right? Like, you know, but definitely char it. So no. that's that's the way I go. I don't think I make anything besides that, right? And even my barbecue chicken tends to be a little bit you know, a little, you know, charred, right? You know, caramelize the sauce when you put it on. So I'm a big blackened fan. Um it, it's n- it's not
1: charred, it's Cajun.
0: Cajun, that's right, that's right, Cajun. <laughs> I would say that I did have a a blackened mahi mahi yesterday that my wife made on a on, a, on the grill, uh, and wow, I gotta say that's almost the best thing I've ever eaten when it comes to a meat right or a fish she just blackened it and I think it was by accident but oh man really really good uh Rohan has to add something he's got something in his he's got a twinkle <laughs> when I said barbecue you kind of lit up yeah
3: right? I, I think uh you know it's, it's food time it's lunch time and exactly you know barbecue is also my favorite I think same here uh you know charboiled cajun spices and you know add a lemon twist to it caramelized onion and that's what uh, you know I love yeah, I to think have that's,
0: it. Yeah, that's what my wife did. She blackened it, but she also had a lot of lemon juice in there. So it had like this really blackened juicy, juicy with wow. a little bit of spice with lemon in it. Yummy. Man, that was that was so <laughs> that, was, that was that was really good. All right. Well that's the top of the hour. Uh we did awesome. an hour podcast. Uh, both uh, Rohan and Ramana Ramana, Ramana right, yeah. Ramad. Rama Raman. Ramanad. Say it again. Raman. Ramad. Ramad. Yeah, yeah, I
3: would like to take a selfie.
0: Uh, I think everybody should uh, maybe get in on the podcast would get a selfie in here. Or we'll do one near the end, one of the two. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been great to have you guys on, um, and uh, appreciate all the work you guys do over there in uh, Hilltop F, working like dogs over there. i got to say, I'm <laughs> impressed every time I walk through that building. It's there, always working. Uh, we will um, probably have a podcast next week again, so thanks a lot for everybody downloading. We are watching those VMC numbers, and we'll watch the network numbers do, and we'll, we'll see how we do with this one as well. Thanks a lot, everybody, and uh, until then, have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your uh, Happy 4th of July. Yeah.